Awesome. So team, welcome to tonight's webinar, Mindset for Change, Managing Mindset for Change. The aim of this session this evening is to help you manage your mindset for change, funnily enough, and to build strategies to help you encourage that identity and that behavior change. So tonight we are going deep. We are going to the root causes of what, why we are where we are with our health and well-being or we have been with our health and well-being. We're getting right into it tonight. So grab yourself a notepad, a pen, a nice warm drink after a long day at school, and we're going we're gonna to have a good one tonight. It's going to be a really, really good session. I'm going to ask lots of questions, be as open and honest as you want to, um, but yeah, let's get into it. So we're going to start off, like I said, with our momentum multiplier, and I do this sometimes. If I ever have a day where I'm just feeling a little bit slow, a little bit sluggish, a little bit like Neh. Walks are always great. I thrive after a quick walk, bit of nature, bit of sunlight. But after that, if I'm still feeling a little bit slow, I like to do this. And it's obviously my boxes are different now, but it's basically looking for positives. And tonight we're going to talk an awful lot about gratitudes, looking for positives, things like that. And it's just a really, really easy way for us to be able to do that, basically. So as you can see on, on, on the um, screen, it's just first box is what am I proud of? Next one, where am I most confident in? Or you could change that to what's gone well today or something like that. Um, and the final one, what am I most excited about? Now, these are three particular questions. The proud one, the what do I feel proud of, is a tough one for us to answer. And you might struggle with that one. Often we get um, the ball rolling by thinking about what we're most excited about, because that's a little bit easier. So we can think about what's coming up tomorrow, what's coming up later in the week, what am I doing at the weekend, anything at all, just to start to build that sort of gratitude for the life that we all live. Because I think for the most part, I don't want to speak for anyone, but I think we all live pretty comfortable lives if you look at certain parts of the world and the people that live in different parts of the world and different people's situations and stuff. You know, most of us live a pretty, pretty good life. So there's always stuff to be grateful for. And oftentimes there is something to be excited about. So that's a really easy one to start with. Then you can start thinking about where you're most confident in. And then finally, the tough one, what are you most proud of? Now, I've broken this down for you into life and teaching, but you can just do it for you, everything combined if you want to. But just for me now, I'm, I'm going to zip it. Can you give me one thing that you're proud of, one thing you're most confident in, and one thing you're excited about? Just jot it down for me. And if you're feeling brave, Put one of them in the chat for me and we'll share some of these things just to breed this momentum to get ourselves feeling good because it is a pretty, well, here it's a dark and drizzly Wednesday evening at half past seven. So let's get some momentum. Um, I'm going to put one in the chat as well. Let's see what you guys come up with. Get them in the chat. What are we proud of? Where are you feeling confident at the moment? And what are you excited about? Let's get some momentum going, guys. I'm going to put mine in the chat. Okay, I've got mine in there, guys. Get yours in there for me. What are you feeling proud of? You can see my cracking music taste here. Get them jotted down for me <clears throat> in the notepad if possible. So you got them for later, but also get them typed into the chat. Awesome. Sally says, proud of getting my kids dinner, bath and bed all by myself whilst the husband is working away. Yeah, absolutely. I hats off to you. There's 
I have a niece and I, I wouldn't trust myself to get that done. <laughs> that's, that's a tough job. Toughest job in the world, right, being a parent. Things that went well, fun lesson using Play-Doh, the children were really engaged. Ah, oh, that's such a good feeling, isn't it? When that happens, it's that flow, it's like a happy flow state with like a bit of a buzz about it. I love that feeling. Come on guys, can't just be me and Sally, get them in the chat. What are you proud of or where you're confident at the moment? What are you excited about? Even if there's something that's gone well today, get it in the chat. Got 12 people here, get it in. Let's see these things coming through. Build this momentum up this evening. Mindset is a heavy, heavy, heavy topic to get into. We want to feel positive going into it, trust me. Proud of planning key tasks to do each day and ticking them off. Excellent, Alice. Good for that dopamine, that, that um, reward chemical. Fantastic. Had a really good observation today. Excellent, Lucy. Nice one. Well done. Teaching proud of my individual Ofsted feedback. I heard it's rare to get any. Yeah, absolutely. Life proud of my weight loss so far. For a couple of people are noticing more at work and even the kids comment today from my previous class. Wow, so that's epic. That's awesome. Fantastic stuff. Proud that I'm juggling my new lead role full time plus two kids. Yeah, blimey. That's uh, that is full on. Um, I might feel like I'm on the verge of a breakdown, but I'm doing OK. I, I, I can imagine, Faye. I know we've had a lot of conversations in the past. I, I can imagine you're doing a lot better than OK. I really, really can. Proud of a changing mindset within a child who's usually quite negative on himself. Excellent, Carly. Teaching, proud of the deep dive reading feedback. Fantastic. Awesome. Awesome, guys. This is this is brilliant. Fantastic momentum there. Really, really brilliant. Right. Let's get into this. Because it is a good one, like I said. And you can use this activity any time that you like. Later, I'm going to talk to you about sort of gratitudes and things. And something that's really, really powerful is just before you go to bed. And I talked about this Monday, I think. Just before you go to bed, one thing that's gone well today, do it when you're brushing teeth or leave a note on your pillow to habit stack and get those habits going. One thing that's gone well today, one thing you're proud of, one thing you're looking forward to. Honestly, if you can do that every single night, you will notice pretend, for a lot of people, difference in your uh, quality of your sleep. But for, for almost everyone, for almost everyone, more of a positive mood in the morning as you're sort of waking up. It's weird how it works, but give it a go. Give, do it for a week or two and then tell me how it's worked for you. Tonight, I'm going to be sharing uh, a few quotes with you. I love a good quote. Um, sometimes I don't even know who they come from, so I have to look them up. But I love a good quote. And I think they just encapsulate thoughts, don't they? They're just really nice sort of little kind of like punchy lines that you can take away and they, they stick with you. So Marcus Aurelius, I think he was like a Roman emperor or conqueror or something, said, very little is needed to make a happy life. It is all within yourself, in your way of thinking. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Listen to a really good podcast from our self-development coach, Johnny Lawrence. If you, um, he spoke at the event, but if you don't know who he is, go and listen to his podcast, self-development podcast. Really, really good. It was about happiness and how actually happiness is found usually in the very small things that we don't pay attention to in our busy lives, like a warm cup of coffee, watching your two kids play nicely together, putting your feet up on a Sunday morning. Uh, managing to get to the car before the rain comes down, you know, like really things that we we don't batter an eyelid at. That's really where a lot of our positivity and our happiness actually lies. And it's actually almost about like us going and mining it and, and spotting it. So we're going to come back to that. As always, let's start with the point of this session. Why are we bothering to talk about mindset? 
mindset is a huge umbrella term there is so much that comes into it and tonight i'm going to do as best justice to it as i possibly can but i'm not going to be able to touch on everything that we would normally touch on but we're going to we're going to hit as many of the bits as we can but what's the what's the problem with most of our mindsets like we said on monday and the all or nothing mindset really really comes into it a lot not spectrum thinking but having a black and white mindset good bad um, you know, on the wagon, off the wagon, all these kinds of things, your self-belief in the things that you're able to do and the limiting beliefs that you hold about your abilities and yourself. I know that I could probably speak if for, for almost everyone here, I'm not going to say everyone, but almost everyone, we all have limiting beliefs in some area of our lives, right? We all have maybe a bit more of a fixed mindset in certain area, areas of our lives as well. Self-worth. If you're someone who struggles to put boundaries in at work, you know, you struggle to say no, you find yourself always um, being the person who others come to, to, to pick up work for them or to, to deal with a problem, you know, and you're always, you don't have any boundaries, right? It feels like people, you know, to, to not, you know, to be blunt with it, walk all over you, right? If you feel like that person, it may be that you're struggling to put up those boundaries because of self-worth. You don't feel like you deserve to put those boundaries up. You feel like to validate yourself or to get recognition, to get that nod of approval, you need to always allow people to walk all over you or to just give you, you know, almost like put yourself on the sword, sacrifice yourself, give all of your time to others so you feel worthy of whatever it is. Again, I told you we're going deep tonight. <laughs> that is a really, really common one. Weirdly, with teachers, like we're already so giving and so self-sacrificing, but we loads of us really struggle with this. We feel like we always need to do more to be enough. Um, and it's a really common one, really, really, really common. Again, years of habits, you've been potentially doing what you've, you're doing at the moment or were doing for 10, 20, 30 years, maybe. So this is a lot of compound interest on these habits. And that's what happens. They start to really get themselves ingrained. Limited beliefs, like I said, um, about what you're what you're able to do. Holding on to old identities. I talked about this Monday. Really, really difficult to let go of the old you really difficult because of all the above negativity bias we all know that by now right that um focus on the negative we don't have a positivity bias sadly confirmation bias looking for the evidence that we're right so we look for something negative subconsciously we look for the evidence we're right and suddenly everything around us is is negative right it's all these biases that are happening in the mind that teacher tendency to be critical of yourself the past this is a big one the past experiences of failure now failure only occurs when you completely give up in my opinion right? Bumps, twists, turns, sharp corners, bends. It's going to happen along the journey. And it, it's always something we want to look forward to. It's something we want to expect. But to view that, you know, a sharp twist in, in the journey as a failure is only, you know, it's only going to happen when you give up. So I always use the phrase, it's a bend in the road, not the end of the road. And it's up to you to, to pick yourself up and to carry on, which we're going to talk about. And again, the big one, guilting ourselves into growth. How many of us, how many of you try to guilt yourself into growth? How many of you try to sort of shame yourself into change? And this is made really, really difficult not to do by the media. And again, I, I don't want to sort of put my tin hat on here. I know I talk about this a lot, but, you know, the media, the health and fitness industry, most coaches and personal trainers. And I've been through plenty. I've been through four business mentorships now. I've seen inside some really big sort of, you know, big names in the health and fitness industry and like been on Zoom calls with them and sort of heard different things. It's, it's quite horrible a lot of their marketing tactics for the most part and think about things like makeup um usually things around weight loss diets and stuff like that the marketing is to make you feel really really rubbish about yourself because the worse you feel the easier you are to sell some makeup to or to sell um you know a, a new sort of product to right that's how a lot of marketing works and 
we then sort of try to apply that to our own journey and we guilt ourselves into growth. We try and beat ourselves up into making a change. And this, again, we've got to remember, we're fighting against all this conditioning because, you know, for most of us on this call, most likely you've been sort of um, exposed to that kind of health and fitness and beauty marketing for, again, 25, 30, 40, 50 years, right? And it's really hard to sort of overcome that, but it's difficult because most most marketing out there and most social media is out there to make you feel inadequate so that you then go and buy money. It's consumerism, right? So before we get into what mindset actually is and how we're going to build your mindset and talk about different types of mindset, I wanted just to explain to you this readiness to change cycle. So before you came into the challenge or as, as you signed up for the challenge, you were in the action stage. You had made the decision and you were taking action. You click that button, you signed up, you filled out your form, you got your emails, you were taking action. But before that, you had to decide. And this sort of dis dis determination phase is that moment when you decide that you're going to take action. You go, right, that's it. I'm in. I'm doing it. Then you go and take the action. Before you get to deciding, you're thinking about it. And now this contemplation stage is where a lot of people will spend decades of their life. They will never get to determination. They'll never decide to make a change and they'll never take action. Consequently, this is where the majority of people take don't spend their life. You are in the minority by making a change and for going on this journey with me. You and that's the sad truth. You are in the minority. So it begins with pre-contemplation. You kind of know something's wrong. You feel uncomfortable. You don't feel your best self. You don't feel happy. Something is, you know, you're almost like misaligned in life in some way. And but you don't know what it is. You can't put your finger on it. Contemplation is then realizing what the problem is and thinking about the problem and deciding uh, and thinking about what you're going to do. Determination is deciding. Action is taking action. Maintenance is once you've kind of got the result you're after. It's just that hard work of maintaining that process. Now, unfortunately, for a lot of people, and this is going to happen to almost all of us at some point, there is what they call, I don't like this word, but relapse, right, where we go back into previous habits or we we meet you know we we have a month or two where things don't go right something happens in life we're all at some point going to have these relapse periods now like i said on monday the only difference between those people who seem to have it all together and seem to be fit healthy work-life balance great mental health like those people who seem to have all that stuff on the surface again you never know it's not that they never have those relapse periods it's that they are back into determination a lot of people will have that relapse and they will spend again another six twelve months five years in contemplation again before they get to determination and it is this you know in contemplation it's almost this thing of how bad do things need to get before you get to determination and you decide to make a change so why am i explaining this to you i want to encourage you that when you do go to that relapse period or you know there's a bump in the road and this is you know when it's an extended period of time Try your best to remember this cycle and go through the pre-contemplation and the contemplation stages. Get to the determination stage. Make make the decision that right tomorrow or half past twelve. This is the moment that I'm going to change X, Y, Z habit and then take action straight away. The quicker you get through the first two stages, which is probably where you spent a lot of time recently, the quicker you get through those two stages, the quicker you get to action. The quicker we build the momentum back up. Okay, so that's the readiness to change cycle and. A lot of you, you know, if you've been following, you know, I know some of you have sort of been following me on Instagram for like a year or two years or, or more, and you've probably been in that contemplation state for an awfully long time, but now you're here, now you're in action. So let's kind of build on that. Another quote, you don't try to build a wall. You don't set out to build a wall. You say, I'm going to lay this brick as perfectly as a brick can be laid. And you do that every single day. And soon you have a wall. Will Smith. 
So a big thing when it comes to mindset is that we have a perfectionist mindset, which is something I bang on about a lot. We have this idea that I'm going to build the whole wall in one go, almost like I'm going to pick up all the bricks and put them all over there. Again, I'm not a builder, put them all over there in one big lump. And that's kind of how we think it's going to work. And that's how that's the, the dream we're sold. Right. In truth, going to burst your bubble here. When you are changing your health and fitness, uh, your health and well-being, you know, whatever it is, mental health, physical health, your weight, whatever it is, right? Anytime that you're doing that, you're you're literally going to achieve, get to your result by stacking one brick at a time. And it isn't a silver bullet. There's no flashy, you know, shiny object. There's nothing that's going to be a quick fix or anything like that. It's never going to work like that. It's always going to be the boring stuff done repeatedly, most more, more days than not, essentially. You know, being in, a, if you're on a weight loss journey, being in a calorie deficit more days than you're not, for three, six, nine, 12 months, you'll get to your result. It's not that you ate this one superfood or you did this one belly fat burning exercise, which don't exist, or you put, what's the common one, like apple cider vinegar and lemon in your tea. What? What's that got to do with energy balance? Like, it's, you know, it's nothing to do with that stuff. It's not that you did a juice diet. None of that matters. It's about energy balance. We know this. It's the boring stuff done day after day after day. So the reason I'm sharing this with you is because we need to find a way to enjoy that boring stuff. We need to make the process as enjoyable as we possibly can. We've got to find a way to get you to enjoy going out for a walk in the rain somehow, whether it's we focus on the result, whether it's we put our favorite podcast in, we go with a friend. We need to find a way to enjoy layering those bricks up because you can't put a wall up at once. It's a slow and steady process. Right. So when we talk about mindset, what do we actually mean? So I found a definition um, today, actually, about mindset. And it was literally this, the established set of attitudes held by someone, which is quite a sort of like eh, kind of definition, isn't it, really? So the way that I like to think about it with an, anal with an analogy, as always, is it's like the tracks that your your thoughts run run along. Right. It's the set. Right. It's the set tracks, the set path that your mind and your thoughts tend to run along. Now, these can obviously be positive or they, or they can be negative. They can be going up or they can be going down. But for me, I really, really do think that those tracks, we can change them over time. We, you know, we know that we can we can um, we have neuroplasticity. We know that we can reshape the brain and we can make certain connections stronger and we can let other connections sort of wither and die off. We know that this is possible. It can be achieved. So those tracks, although they are set at the moment, we can veer them off we can sort of change them over time but the established set of attitudes held by someone another definition by carol dweck is a self-prescription or a self-theory so this kind of gets us into like our self-story and then we get into our self-talk aren't we you can think of your mindset as beliefs about yourself your identities that you hold in different positions and obviously that then leads into your behaviors and the things that you do on a daily basis the big thing that i personally think carol dweck got wrong when she wrote mindset which is where you know, one of the big uh, books where uh, growth and fixed mindset comes from. The one thing I think she got wrong is that it's not just black and white, you're either fixed or you're growth. I think it's a bit more complicated than that. And I think it runs along a spectrum like so. So I want you to imagine that number one, you're going to have a different mindset for different situations. Your mindset, growth or fixed, for example, um, around your health is going to be maybe a little, little bit more towards the fixed on the left hand side right however your mindset around looking after your children or being a being a teacher or your mindset around phonics might be 
really really this side you might be the one that's going around you know um in staff meetings you know telling teachers to face the challenges when it comes to teaching and and, and learning of, of reading or writing or whatever you might be like over you know really enthusiastic telling them that you know the effort is going to pay off in trying to inspire them talking about a long-term plan your vision for you know teaching reading or reading for pleasure or whatever you know showing them how to do it showing them how to develop uh, develop resilience helping to keep them focused but then when it comes to your nutrition, you might be completely the other way. You might avoid thinking about it. You might give up at the first hurdle. You might feel that it's a pointless endeavor. You might avoid any feedback or criticism, right, to do with it because you don't want to, you don't want to be criticized. When you see other people in the team doing well, you might think, you might feel threatened by that success because for you, that context around nutrition for example or it might be exercise or it might just be it might, it might be like stress management right for you you're more towards the fixed mindset side so number one different areas of your life you're going to have different um mindsets and then even between that you're going to have this scale so you're not going to be either fixed or growth you're going to be maybe 10 percent of fixed 90% of growth. Do you see what I mean? I think it's going to be like a sliding scale. I've always found this to be true, not just with children, but with also teachers that I coach as well. Fixed and growth mindset is more of a um, fluid concept than just black and white. SOS, by the way, stands for shiny object syndrome. So if you have got a very fixed mindset, you've got a shiny object syndrome, you're always looking for the quick fix, you give up after two weeks and then, and then you think, right, cool, what's the next thing? What's going to get me there quicker? Um, you program hop or you plan hop, you don't stick with anything for more than three months and you, you change tact all the time because you're you're impatient. And that's again, really, really common when it comes to health and wellbeing. Right, I'm gonna pause there a sec. Let me know, does that sort of model of, of mindset sort of resonate with anyone? Does anyone agree? Does anyone disagree? You know, this is just, this is my model. I'm not saying that it's right or it's wrong, but I do think it's more of a spectrum and a fluid concept. Let me know in the chat, guys. What do you think of this? Is it a good way to picture it? Um, as always, if you if you like anything that appears on these slides, grab your phone, take a picture, share it with friends, share it with colleagues. I'm not, you know, please. This is information that we I want everyone to know. I want everyone to to understand it because it's going to help more people. But let me know, guys, in the chat. So far, how's it been? What do you resonate with? Awesome, excellent, excellent. Sally is resonating with this. Perfect. Okay, right. Let's get back into it then. So we've talked so far about what mindset is. We've talked so far about what the problem is. And we've talked about um, growth and fixed mindset being a little bit more fluid. Now, if you are finding yourself on that fixed mindset side, we just want to aim for this growth mindset. And it doesn't mean that you're going to change your whole list at once. It just means that if you're someone who does avoid challenges with, say, exercise, all you need to do is maybe this week, you've got a few days left, four days left. For the next four days, could you maybe seek out some more challenges? Could you set yourself a little target, a little goal to get your steps up? Could you see, set yourself a target to go out for the first session of Couch to 5K or to try one of the workouts that's in your app or to go to a spinning club with someone or go to a Zumba class with a friend? Like, can you set yourself tiny little challenges? We, you're not going to go from red to white overnight, okay? You're going to slide that spectrum very, very slowly up. And the only way to do it is to do it. The only way to, to change your mindset is to start taking action. And I'll explain that. Another quote. The person who thinks they can and the person who thinks they can't are both correct. And it can sometimes literally be that simple. Someone who has the belief, and sometimes we need to fake it till we make it, 
So sometimes the person who has the belief that they can do something can have exactly the same resources, exactly the same circumstances as someone who has no belief. And that's the only deciding factor between the two outcomes. It can sometimes be that simple. The person who thinks they can and the person who thinks they can't are both correct. Now, I'm, I'm not saying it's easy to get into that mindset. And sometimes you do need to fake it till you make it. You, you Sometimes you do just need to kind of, you know, amp yourself up, get some good music on, really sort of tell yourself a story that you're going to be successful in whatever it is you do. Sometimes there is that element. But the only way to build that belief is to start to see your return on investment, is to start to see the evidence that you can do this. And that's why we do the weekly check-ins. That's why we have the group. It's so you can see, you can share, you can celebrate. And we're going to talk about that again in a second. So I'm going to give you, uh, I don't know how many there are, eight, something like that, really powerful reframes when it comes to mindset. This is like my cheat sheet for mindset. Before I do that, I want to talk to you about this identity target on the right. In the middle of the target is your identity. That's you as you are now. That that is Those are your beliefs. Those are your um, systems of, of your mind. That's your mindset. That's you, your identity. It's the person that you see yourself as. You know, it's like, like Carol Dweck said, it's your self-prescription. It's your self-theory, right? It's your story about yourself. That's right here in the middle of the target. How Whoever you see yourself as, so really interesting um, activity to do, write out the sentence, I am the kind of person who, and see how many uh, sentences you can, you can finish off. Sentence them, I am the kind of person who, what pops into your mind? Because that's going to be a really um, sort of awareness building activity because you're going to realise what you think of yourself and like i said tonight's a deep one you're not going to like what you find sometimes but if you want to change that identity we need to start to do these things so i'm the kind of person who and you'll find out what your self story is whatever it is right that is going to lead directly into your behavior so if you don't don't believe that you're going to keep up your nutrition guess what the 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 probability is is that you're not going to keep up those behaviors if the belief is not there and how do we build that belief we start to stick to those behaviors so it is a bit of a catch-22. And of course, the behaviours that you do on a daily basis, the outcomes, they're the bricks that we stack, the votes that we cast. That's you putting your leg on the confidence table or knocking it off the confidence table. That's going to lead to your outcomes. Tell me what you do in a day and I'll tell you where you'll be in a year. It's literally that simple. What do you do every single day or most days? And that's going to tell me where you're going to be in, in a year's time. So here are my powerful reframes. Obvious one, focus on stacking one brick at a time. So one day at a time. Plan ahead, but don't focus on the whole staircase, focus on the next step, right? Chunk the day down into three. If you're feeling a bit overwhelmed with your belief or your mindset, you're feeling that negativity bias come in, break your day down, 6 a.m. to 12, 12 till 6, 6 p.m. to bedtime. Chunk your day into three, just focus on getting to lunchtime. Sometimes you might just need to focus on getting to the end of the hour. And if you're in a very, very low place mentally, you might just need to focus on getting to the end of the 15 minutes. And that is absolutely fine. There's no rules about chunking it down. But that is for people who experience overwhelm. That's really, really powerful. Chunk it down. Like we said on Monday, view balance. I shouldn't have a deal in the end. View balance as a seesaw. It's never going to be perfect. And seesaws aren't supposed to be perfect. They'd be really boring to be on, right? You're going to have days where work really, really takes over. You're going to have days where you wishful thinking, might have a little bit more time to yourself, okay? There will be this seesaw, this back and forth, this up and down. That is fine. It's not just okay. That's how it's supposed to be. Life is going to do this. It's not supposed to be plain sailing, right? What's the phrase? A smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. 
Okay, we need these challenges. We need these things to, to train us. And we're going to talk about that again in a little bit later. Use the spectrums, which I'm going to show you. Zoom out. If you're feeling really bogged down, like, for example, if today's been a day that's felt very heavy for you, you're not feeling in a great place, you haven't got momentum, you're quite low in mood, that negativity bias is creeping in. I can guarantee if you zoom out and look at the week, you are going to almost instantly feel better because you're going to zoom out and you're going to realize that this is like one little bump or one little pit along a along a very sort of smooth road or a very, very you know, positive road. Zoom out, look at the week as a whole, even better, zoom out and look at the month because we're what, the 9th of November today. How has November been for you compared to the start of October? Have you been more successful? Have you been seeing some wins? Have you been feeling more positive in all the areas that we talk about, right? Really, really powerful one. Again, casting votes for you, 2.0. Imagine that future version of you or sometimes, you know, just that you 2.0 doesn't have to be the future version. Think about that version of you who's already been through the journey, been through the process, and they've got to that goal that you're thinking about right now, okay? Think of that version of you. Imagine that you could go and talk to them. What would they tell you? You know, imagine them as a person, really sort of like visualize it and make it, you know, quite colorful, okay? Then cast votes for them. So if you're ever stuck at a crossroad, think, what would uh, what would me 2.0 do? You know, if they were in this decision, how did they get there? How did they get to being 2.0? What, what what did they do? Did they go this way, put off the walk and sort of, you know, it's now two days in a, uh, two or three days in a row and they've put off their walk because of the rain? Or are they going to go, actually, I missed it yesterday. I'm not going to miss twice. Let's suck it up. Let's put my raincoat on. Let's put my wellies on. Let's go for a walk. And then they're going to make the other decision. So if you're ever faced with a fork in the road decision, make the decision that your best version would make, that 2.0. What would they do, Right think as if you've already got to the result you're already there what would you need to do confidence table again is a really sort of simple idea but it's basically that if you imagine a, a piece of sort of flat pack furniture right from ikea uh when you put one or two legs on it's really wobbly right it doesn't even stand up straight you put three legs on you could probably sit on it and it's, it's going to crumble because it's only got three legs you put four legs still pretty wobbly imagine that every time you lay that brick or cast that vote different analogies you're screwing a leg onto that ikea table after a while, it's going to be pretty sturdy, right? It's going to be a pretty good table. Something might happen like Ofsted or someone at home being taken ill or your car breaking down. Something quite big might happen. That'll be like an elephant stepping on your table. Even if you've got maybe a month's worth of habits and a month's worth of legs on there, that table still might break. So it's not invincible. But the longer you are doing this, the better that belief becomes, the stronger that identity comes, that U2.0, your confidence table grows and grows and grows. And you can kick off one leg every now and then. You know, you can miss a meal. You can go out and enjoy yourself. You can have a bit too much wine. You can have a hangover. You can, you know, skip whatever it is, skip a gym session. And you've kicked a leg off your table, but you've still got all the other legs on there. And it is strong. That's a really, really good way to think of it. And finally, the big one, really, for me on this one is view the obstacle as the way. Loads of us come on a journey and they expect their mindset is in that fixed mindset where they just want it to be easy. They're like, please, God, please make this easy. Please don't challenge me. Please, please just make this smooth sailing and make it all go to plan. I can tell you now for sure, 100%, it will never be smooth sailing. Your path will never be A to B nice and straight. There will always, it's going to be like this, guys. It's going to be like a, a, a mess, because that's life. Life isn't pretty. Life has stuff happen. If you expect and you wait for times to be perfect and you wait for it to be easy, you're never going to get going. You're never going to start, let alone get to your result. So don't just expect the obstacles to come up. I want you to run towards them. 
I want you to almost like look forward to the challenges of, right, I've got parents evening tonight, because by going through parents evening week, coming out the other side, having been still more optimal of your nutrition, you know, you didn't give in to four takeaways that week. You didn't, you know, go home to two bottles of wine um, every night. You didn't do whatever, right? You, you stuck to looking after yourself and you put yourself first, you prioritize yourself by coming out the other side of a challenge. You can look back and go, actually, I've done that now. Like I've actually achieved that. And that's why we do the weekly check-in form in the way we do. I, I've been successful. I've seen the change that I want. I've got the skills to overcome it. And slowly, very, very slowly, but surely your belief will start to grow. And that mindset will start to become that more growth mindset side of the spectrum. So talking of spectrums, we uh, introduced this on Monday, didn't we? But on the left-hand side, you have got this guy here is black and white, on and off thinking. They think there is such thing as a good food or a bad food. They think carbs are going to make them fat, to, to use a term I saw earlier, a uh, phrase I saw earlier. They think that um, doing crunches before breakfast is going to burn more belly fat. They think it's literally that black and white. They think that things are categorized in life into pigeonholes, like the human brain wants them to be. Unfortunately, we know, like I said, life is messy. There is no such thing as black and white thinking. No such thing as a good food or a bad food. You could eat in a calorie deficit, so below your maintenance calories of McDonald's, and you will still lose, still lose body fat. You'll be unhealthy. You'll feel absolutely terrible, but you will lose body fat if you're eating in a calorie deficit. Okay? There, there's been studies done on this. It was it really did not uh, didn't look fun. There was also the Twinkie diet. Someone ate in a calorie deficit, 500 calorie deficit of Twinkies, which is like an American creamy pastry puffy thing i think i don't really know um and they guess what they lost a ton of weight they were very very unhealthy and felt terrible but you know the the premise is still there so we know how it all works all that kind of stuff anyway so black and white thinking get rid of it throw it out the window we don't want it anymore black and white thinking doesn't have any place in your future if you want a balanced mindset and a balanced healthy lifestyle instead think of everything in life as a less optimal to more optimal scale and this doesn't just come for your nutrition and your food in health there are lots of different models of whole health but there's some that have four areas there are some that have 12 areas but most of them sort of sit around the sixth area and there's something like this you, you'll see lots of different models of it but you've got your physical health so we can think about movement, nutrition, sleep, that kind of stuff. You might have your mental health, you might have your emotional health, sometimes they're split into two your social health or your spiritual health, that community sort of health, and then your financial health. So what you can see here is me coming home from a really, really long week, really long week at work, really long week at school, and having a, or going out for a takeaway with friends or having friends over for a takeaway. In terms of my physical health, is that nutrition and that very sedentary evening particularly optimal if I was to really categorize it in that one night? No, it's not really, is it? It's a little bit less optimal. My mental health, Again, you know, um, I don't know, that should, the arrow should probably be more up that way, really, to be honest. Let's ignore that one. Your emotional health then. So actually, although it's, you know, this takeaway is less optimal for my physical health, it's actually a lot more optimal for my emotional health because, you know, I'm emotionally drained. I'm enjoying time with friends, family, whatever. There's love, there's connection, there's oxytocin, all these hormones going off in the brain, chemicals in the brain. That emotional state is, is being improved. So, and then again, social or spiritual, same thing again, financial, well, takeaways are expensive, so it's probably going to be less optimal. But can you see how you've got different areas of your health and every single one is working in balance with the others, okay? So if I was to take my arrow and I was to take my average and go down the middle, you can see that actually if I line up all those arrows, it's probably going to be 50-50, right? 
So for a lot of us who are sitting here right now, going and having a takeaway or going out for a meal is something that will be, will cause people to, quote unquote, fall off the wagon. You go out for a takeaway on a Friday night, you think it's ruined, you throw the towel in on Saturday morning, and then suddenly one meal, which is 5%, suddenly becomes 35% of your week that you've been, you know, um, less optimal with. However, if we actually look at the reality of the situation, you've had one meal, 5% of your week, your other areas of your health are much, much higher. It's, it's a balance, right? It's a balance. That takeaway is probably actually overall more optimal for your health. So when it comes to food and movement specifically, think about it this way. Think about all the different spectrums of your health. Where do you land, right? Because it's not black and white. It can't be. You can't have a donut in a staff room and think, oh, no, my arrow has gone down to less optimal, my physical health. I'm all doomed. Right. I give up, give up till you know, Monday in 20, you know, the first Monday in 2023, which is probably what a lot of people are doing right now. It's not going to work because you're never going to be able to get balance when it comes you know, by that approach. You're never going to be able to stick to it long term. You're never going to feel good off that because you're always going to be beating yourself up. So please, please, please use the spectrums. Think about not just one spectrum. Think about all areas of your health. And you might have different titles in here. You might, you know, sometimes it's intellectual health. Sometimes it's environmental health. Sometimes people have, you know, um, social and spiritual split differently. If you're particularly religious or, or spiritual, you know, you can come up with your own facets of health. That might be a good activity, actually, thinking of it, to come up with what health means to you. So what different pockets of health do you have? Because then when you make, you're making a decision and you're deciding whether this thing is balanced, you're not just thinking about your food. You're thinking about all health, whole body health is what you're thinking about. OK, and to sort of um, illustrate that point, Henry Theroux said the price of anything is the amount of life you exchange for it. Now, I don't think there's anyone here that wants to eat chicken, broccoli and rice out of Tupperware for the rest of their life and never go to a party, never celebrate anything, you know, live in their classroom covered. You know, no, no one here wants to live like that. We, I'm pretty sure everyone here wants to have a social life and wants to be with their loved ones and wants to celebrate and maybe have some alcohol and maybe have a donut or a cake or, you know, it's Christmas soon. You're going on Christmas Day. I don't want you to be tracking calories on Christmas Day. Like, I want you to be enjoying yourself. It doesn't mean eating until you feel uncomfortable and, and ill, but it just means enjoying yourself. So any decision that you make about your health, you need to ask yourself the question, what am I giving up for this? What am I sacrificing for this? And this works both ways. Okay. It works in both directions. It's not just, you know, think, think about your nutrition. You know, what am I giving up to, to reach my goal? Well, I might have to make different nutrition choices. I might have to track my calories sometimes, or I might have to use portion control sometimes. That's going to take up a little bit of time. That's going to take up a little bit of my headspace and my mental capacity. But that's the price of life that you're paying to get to the result to feel better. So the price of anything is the amount of life you exchange for it. Right, finishing us off then on mindset. And again, we can't go into everything today, but I've covered loads of frames. I've given you sort of loads of um, information there and a, a really good model of mindset. But I want to quickly touch on mental health. Now, I am a qualifying mental health exercise coach. I'm not qualified yet, um, not until the end of the month, but I'm studying mental health and exercise coaching. And this is something that I've taken from it and something I've seen. I saw this on a guy's blog but he's got an instagram page he's called tj power um he's got short brown hair and if you click on his profile he's a, he's a neuroscientist um young guy but if you click on it you'll see that he's got dose written everywhere so i i, I pinched that from him giving him credit um 
but yeah, on this course, I've been learning loads about the brain, chemicals, all sorts of different stuff. It's really, really interesting. And of course, this is really important for us, right? Particularly as teachers, we have a very mentally and emotionally taxing job. So we know that our mental health is determined by lots and lots of different factors, partly our DNA, partly our environment, partly our experiences, partly our diet, our movement, you know, loads of stuff goes into that mental health bucket, our experiences on a daily basis, all this kind of stuff. Quite a lot is um, your genes, your, your DNA does determine quite a lot of your mental health. However, we, regardless of how the state that those things are in, we can still be proactive with our mental health. And I'm not saying that this is going to be easy. If you're feeling in a very, very, very low place, it is not going to be easy. But here are some tools that you can put in place. So first one then in dose is dopamine. Okay. And this is a neurotransmitter. The best way to think about it, neurotransmitter. So hormones and neurotransmitters are both chemicals, excuse me. Um, but neurotransmitters, you can think as messengers and they get together with other um, chemicals to make other things. It's like a, it's like a messenger and a precursor. So it's like a building block and also a messenger. So they're slightly different to hormones, right? But dopamine, what does dopamine do? It is responsible for motivation, for focus, for pleasure. So a really quick way to get dopamine is to either eat some very tasty food, which is sometimes not what we want to do, but completing tasks, ticking off your to-do list. That's why when you write your to-do list and you write things that you've already done, it feels so good to tick them off, even though you've already done them. Anyone else do that? Just me. Uh, celebrating wins. So that's why we do the check-in the way we do. That's why we have uh, Wednesday, Wednesday. That's why we have Saturday successes, right? These are all things that we do in the group so that you can put it out there, celebrate your wins. Like really, like it's really, really important to get that dopamine. Dopamine is your reward mechanism, basically. Exercise as well. Oxytocin is the hormone for trust, bonding, love, connection. So physical contact, hugging, kissing is great for that. Playing with your pets, playing with your kids, helping other people out complimenting other people doing something nice for people saying hello to someone on your morning walk anyone else feel good when they say hello to someone on the morning walk and they like nod and smile back most people don't most people are rude but well they've got headphones in um but if you say hello and someone goes oh hi and like smiles back or gives you a wave for some reason it just feels kind of nice and uh, it's partly to do with feeling like you're in the tribe you've got a connection there but it's oxytocin oxytocin is going around the brain it's a hormone Next one is serotonin. I think that's something we've all heard of a lot, but serotonin is again, actually a precursor. People think that serotonin is a direct sort of, you know, if you have serotonin, then you're happy. It, it helps balance you. Serotonin is like a, your, your mood regulator, your mood balancer. And it's a, again, a messenger and it's a building block to make other things that are good for us, good for our mental health. But typically serotonin is mood and, and happiness, right? Most of your serotonin, I think it's 70 or 80%, about 70% is made in your gut. So if you don't have good gut health, you don't have a good gut microbiome and you don't have the right bacteria and you're not feeding it the right stuff, you're going to struggle with your mood, right? Which is why a very, very highly processed um, diet, which isn't rich in vitamins and minerals and fruits and veggies and protein and stuff like that. That's why if you have a really poor diet, you can see impacts on your mental health as well. Some people feel this after Christmas, weirdly enough. You know, if you're someone who, who really indulges, again, alcohol is going to play a role in mood, but you really indulge in alcohol, food, lots of beige food. Not only do you feel groggy, sluggish, 
it might be to do with not getting much daylight because of obviously sad seasonal affective disorder. But also if you, you know, if you're really, if you're someone who has done, you know, a month of December, really not eating very well, that's enough to impact on that gut health, right? And that's enough to, to impact on your serotonin. Getting out in nature, getting some daylight in, some sunshine on your skin uh, and getting some really good deep sleep is really important for serotonin. And finally, endorphins, pain relief, stress management. So laughing, intense exercise, singing, dancing to your favorite music and intimacy, I'm going to call that. Um, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> These things release uh, or promote the release of uh, endorphins. Okay, so it's pain relief, stress management for the body. So those are the things that work. So look at that list of all the different things that you can do positively to aid your mental health. And I'm never, you'll never hear me say fix your mental health because it's not that simple, but to support it, to aid it, to do something to benefit you. Think of dose, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins. And this is really helpful. So if you want to share this with anyone, please, please do. And guys, that is me done on mindset. How how was that? I know that was a bit of a bit of a whistle stop tour there. But how are we all doing? What I'm going to leave it on is this powerful reframe slide because that's kind of the practical go away and do it sort of stuff. So I'm going to leave it on there. If anyone wants to grab a picture or anything like that, um, I haven't been in the chat for a while. Let's jump into the chat. Any questions, guys? Whilst I'm going for the chat, if you've got any questions about this, please, please, please ping them through now. I'd love to be able to. Um, get them answered for you right now. So uh, what have we got here? So Faye says this is really accurate. Um, this is about 20 minutes ago. Sorry, Faye. <laughs> I'm to see the chat. Uh, this is very accurate. I think we've got a growth mindset in one area. We can beat ourselves up for being fixed in another. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the key thing, if you ever do find yourself guilting yourself or beating yourself up, just remind yourself, I can't guilt myself into growth. Making myself feel really, really rubbish isn't going to benefit me long term. Sometimes it's enough to get you started, but it's not going to benefit you long term. Uh, Lydia agrees that mindset is on a sliding scale and not just so black and white. Um, so says, funny how we all talk about, uh, yeah, 100% growth mindset. Ha put, I said hands up there. Um, put in the chat or raise a hand, do a reaction, whatever. Who's got a growth mindset poster in their room or who talks about my growth mindset? Who's got like a growth mindset policy, but struggle with it themselves? And I think it's a generational thing because I don't ever remember anything about emotional regulation, the zones of regulation, um, growth mindset. I don't remember any of this kind of stuff. I barely even remember PSHE, to be honest, being taught or any of those sort of, you know, um, RSE, PSHE, any of that stuff. Barely remember any of that. So I do think there is a gap there, isn't there? Um, give, giving up at obstacles, avoids challenges. I've been there. Short term thinking. Mindset is powerful in change for old and young. Absolutely. 100% couldn't agree more. And that's the thing, you know, when I was going through that, this model here about, you know, growth mindset and all the rest of it, this was never a criticism about everyone here because I, I have been and am still in that more fixed mindset side of things for, for a few areas of my life. And it's not about suddenly by the end of this challenge, your growth mindset for everything. And you've got your positive pants on every day because some days you can't put your positive pants on, can you? Right. It's not about that. It's not about being all, you know, or, or toxic positivity, which is almost worse. You know, when people are sort of they're, they're shoving it down your throat when actually really what you need right now is to sit and feel whatever you're feeling. And toxic positivity isn't useful. I'm not saying that you're going to be all, all of that sunshines and rainbows. But what I'm saying is that slowly over time, we can start to change that identity that was at the center of that target. We can start to change what it means for you and your self story. Really, we can start to build that up. 
Um, I agree so much with Faye. I get so cross that I'm so open and growth related to everything, but really struggle. Yeah, absolutely. I completely understand Alice. And again, finish those sentences. Go away. Write down, I am the kind of person who, in relation to health and well-being, and just finish those sentences. And you'll start to see, what do I actually think of myself right now? Like, who, to me, who am I? What is my self-story? What is my identity right now? And you'll get some, maybe some uncomfortable things. And it's about us working together to see how we can change that. And again, one webinar is not going to do it. It's about you going away and actually doing these, putting these reframes in place, trying again, not giving up. And when you get that feedback, you get that belief build up. Um, habit trackers help, or do you think it's it becomes another tool added, uh, another pencil task? Yeah, depends on you, I think. It depends, and this is going to change over time. Something that I always found useful, I did a few triathlons a year back. I think I'd probably die if I tried to do one now. Um, but I did a few Olympic uh, triathlons, and I used to have a big calendar, a year calendar, and I'd write down my training on the calendar, you know, like run, cycle, and I'd put the distances next to it, whatever. Um, and that really helped me because I could visualize the year, and I, I could visualize, for example, um the first half of october and i could say well actually I've, my consistency's been great i don't want to let myself down this week like I'm, I'm on a really good trajectory here and i i personally found it quite inspiring and motivating some people might find that very overwhelming some people love it because it's visual so it's completely up to you obviously we have the habit tracker in your app anyway where you can tick off your five foundations and some of your daily habits again some people love that and some people don't do well off it the majority of people do well off it most people, most people like that approach. Um, spectrum of less optimal to more optimal has literally changed my life. That is awesome, Soph. That is amazing. Sorry, it took a second for that message to sink in there. That's brilliant. That's really, really good. Just, just think about it though, right? Because it, how true is it? it? Do you know what it's like? Black and white thinking, the final thing I'll say, and I'll shut up. Uh, black and white thinking is like judging how good a child is at writing by one spelling test they do in September. That's what it's like, because it's the equivalent of saying, well, I've had one donut, so I am a very unhealthy person and I eat unhealthily and I am unhealthy and my weight loss progress is ruined for this week because I ate one donut. You would never judge a child on one day of anything. You would never judge a child on a whole day. They might've had a grandparent just pass away. Their hamster might've died. They might have just fallen out of a sibling. Like we know this stuff, right? You wouldn't judge a child on a snapshot. So don't judge yourself on a snapshot either. But again, how many of us give advice to other people but don't apply it ourselves? It's tough, right? It's not easy. This isn't easy stuff. We've all become so, uh, sorry, we have become so much more aware of mental health now. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I, I personally, I've been sort of experiencing difficulties with that the last sort of six months or so. And if, if there wasn't the availability of, of services and resources, like I dread to think that if I was, you know, me or I was like, you know, my age 50 years ago, what would it, what, can you imagine not having anything to help you with that? It's like, it's like breaking a leg and going to the hospital and people just look at you go, oh, I don't know what to do about that. Like it's mind blowing, isn't it? How it's taken so long for mental health to get the profile that it's got. Um, but you know, we're moving forward with that now, which is really positive, really, really good. Finding my, my mood drop today when I didn't achieve my protein target. And then um, when yesterday I did for the day, I think this might have triggered a craving for chocolate, um, which I've since moved on from. Fantastic, Alice. Excellent. How do I manage little goals as a perfectionist? Should I choose more broad goals to stop it? Very, very good question. 
and not one with a straight answer, unfortunately. What I would do is number one, zoom out because you are, you've, you know, again, what's it being like 10 days? So our identity isn't going to change in 10 days. That's the first thing. But your identity right now might be based around perfectionism. It might might be based around needing to get everything right all of the time. Now, I would go and do the deep work on that. And I would go and take over the weekend half an hour with a coffee or whatever and just sit down and kind of think about why do I feel that I need to get everything right all the time? Now, I think we could probably all do this. Um, but why why do you feel like you need to do that? You know, why do you feel that you need to be successful in everything all the time? Because you, I think we're going to quickly come back to recognition, validation of, of you and your worth. And then we start to get into like, you know, again, without going too deep, it's not, you know, we're, we're not, I'm not a therapist, but, you know, without going too deep, we, we do get back into, well, what, what did, when I was younger, what did I think I had to do to be good enough? And then we get back into that very deep question of, am I good enough? What do I need to do to be good enough? And again, we're getting really super deep here, but most of us as teachers, I think, and I think it's partly because of the type of people we are, we're caring, we're selfless, we're giving, who get into teaching. And I think it's partly due to what teaching does to us as well with the systems and the over-observation, all the rest of it. I think we are often people who don't feel good enough in, in our profession. And even if we felt good enough outside of our profession before, not feeling good enough in your profession starts to leak out into other areas of your life. It's suddenly, am I a good enough parent? Am I a good enough sibling? I haven't seen this family member for a month. Am I a good enough daughter, son, grandchild, whatever? And that can sort of leak out from teaching, I think. And that's sort of what I found with a lot of clients. But go back to that root question and say, you know, why do I need to be a perfectionist? What am I looking for? Because quite often, if you can find a way to give yourself your own approval and your own recognition and your own nod. And I am pot calling the kettle black because I'm still struggling to, to really appreciate how awesome the event we just put on was. And that was like nine months of blood, blood, sweat and tears, not quite blood, but definitely tears. Like, you know, that was a massive achievement, but I'm still struggling to accept that and to feel proud about it. So this is pot calling the kettle black. I'm not saying this from a place of, you know, um, divinity or thinking I'm above you or anything like that, but if you can go back and you can try to figure out, like I said, why am I, why do I feel like a perfectionist? Are you a perfectionist or is that an identity you've adopted? You know, where does that come from? Why do I not feel good enough? Why do I feel the need to always be perfect? Really dive into that and see what you find. Um, and again, we're bordering on sort of therapy here, so I'm not going to go any further, but go into why that is sort of dig a little bit deeper, see what you find, because you might realize that actually you are looking for approval. You are looking for self-worth. You are looking for validation. If we, like I said, if we can find a way to give that to you, give that to yourself without anyone else's, because to be honest, you can get, trust me, you can get everyone else's approval around you and people telling you you're a good job. But if you don't feel that you've done a good job, if you can't, if you don't feel that, if you can't sit with that and appreciate that, it still doesn't matter. Like the only person's approval that matters is your own, which is again, something that I tell people in the team all the time is that when you're setting boundaries, Sometimes you need to say stuff them. I don't care what they think. I know I'm a good teacher. And if you can look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and say, I am doing enough with my protein intake. I am doing enough with my teaching, my planning, whatever it is, right? The, and remember, you can always do more. But if you can tell yourself that I am doing enough, and you get your own 
approval that there's nothing more powerful you become unstoppable when you crack that nut like when you honestly when you crack that you know confidence that identity changes when you can do that and that's a journey in itself um Lydia says my therapist today shared a really good diagram with me um uh to help uh I'm not sorry, I can't read Lydia. My my therapist today shared a really good diagram with me to help me see that I am constantly growing and learning about my mindset. Absolutely. That's awesome. I mean, Lydia, if you'd be comfortable in doing that, in sharing that, if you think it would be useful for people, you could post it in the group if you wanted to. Um, again, no pressure, but if you think it would be useful, obviously given the topic that we've talked about talked about today, that'd be really cool. Uh, it really made me see that it's okay to be on a journey with my mindset and finding things that work for me and that it's okay if they don't work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Alice, quickly going back to you, zoom out, do the deep work, think about um, why you, why there's that need. And we can all relate to this. Zoom out, look at the week, look at the month and just look again, look at the bigger picture and look at your week on average. Because if yesterday you didn't or today you didn't hit your protein target, but you hit it five other days on average, your protein is still going to be about the right mark. And just really think, what is one day of missing protein going to do? You know, it's not going to really impact anything because, it again, it's one brick. Imagine you've got a massive brick wall. You take one brick off. You probably wouldn't even notice. So just focus on the next day, getting that brick back on, focusing on the next brick, focusing on the next brick. Don't go for perfection. I'd rather you be a seven out of 10, seven days a week and get a score of 49 out of 70 than be a 10 out of 10 for two days and then a zero for the rest of the week and get a score of 20 out of 70. Think about it like that. What's going to get your score up? being at you know about average a little bit above average or is it going to be being perfect think about it that way also we're talking about sustainability here we're talking about making these changes for the rest of your life you're not going to hit your protein target from now until the day you die like right realistically it's not going to happen so don't expect it right expect expect to find it hard some days and to acknowledge that it's okay when that happens um awesome thank you Lydia Lydia's going to share that in the group for everyone I think it really helps when hearing positive feedback from others yeah absolutely gives me more confidence in my abilities I need to be my own cheerleader more though and not just rely on others yeah it does really help it is really nice like it's I want you to sort of think about it as like the, the the cherry on top of it though I want most of that sort of validation, that positive feedback to come from you. But again, that is a journey. That is difficult. It's not, it's, it's easier said than done, isn't it? It really, really is. But I know what you mean, because then giving you that compliment, you get a hit of oxytocin, as we've learned tonight, you get a hit of that sort of love and connection hormone. Um, you then get that feeling like you're in the tribe, like you belong. You get the praise, you get a, a nice hit of dopamine because it's that reward um, mechanism in the brain. Right. You get all of this stuff, maybe in a bit of serotonin in there. So that's why it feels so good. Uh, it's really helped. Um, no worries. Love to check my press. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. It's just not. It's, it's not realistic. Can you imagine like 95 getting your scales out in your your protein, whey protein powder. Um, right, guys, I'm going to finish that there before I start talking drivel at you. And um, thank you very much for, again for coming this evening. Um, have I recorded it? I have recorded. Thank goodness. Um, just couldn't see the button there. Um, thank you very much for joining me this evening. And I will catch you guys soon. As you know, I am off away tomorrow, so I'm not going to be about. I've already scheduled some posts in the group to go, though. But you've got Johnny, you've got Chantel in the group, you've got each other. So any questions, chuck it in the group. You've got plenty of support there. And I will see you for your check ins on Monday. I might post a, a cheeky picture in the group of what we're up to um, in Bristol. Anyway, cheers, guys. I'll see you soon. Yeah.